0: Hey there, welcome to the Agents of Revival podcast. If you're ready to be healed and take full accountability of your life by evolving into your best self, then this is the podcast for you. I am your host, Andrea Griffin-Rogers, and I'll share with you winning steps as well as personal tips and anecdotes on how to go from brokenness to wholeness and from scattered pieces to inner peace. So come on in and join me on this healing journey and let's become whole together. Enjoy it. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> Welcome back to another edition of the Agents of Revival Podcast. I know you're like, what is she laughing at? There, this child always laughing at herself. Laughing at something. Yes, yes, yes. And I don't mind. Y'all can talk about me. You want to. Okay. I enjoy my laughter because it fills my heart with peace. And joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen, somebody. <laughs> but... <laughs> i'm laughing because as i was preparing for this message all of a sudden a song came back to my mind from when i was a child and if you guys notice the title it's called dysfunction junction today and we're still in the ambassadors uh kingdom ambassador series and so um all of a sudden, this song and I, and I just kept hearing was "Junction, Junction." What's your function? <laughs> and I know it's like, what is, what is that? What is that song? <laughs> so I said, let me Google, cause that's that's a song from my childhood. I vaguely remember the image. It got something to do with Schoolhouse Rock. Let me go Google what that is. And sure enough, I Google schoolhouse rock really i just put in the words junction what's your function (laughs) and the video came up from schoolhouse rock anybody um that grew up in the 90s knows about schoolhouse rock well i want to say at least in america i don't know about any other countries in the world so if this is foreign to you you're like what is schoolhouse rock what is conjunction junction then go Google it and you'll find the video comes up. It's a little man, an old train station or whatever. And and he, you know, breaks down what conjunction words are. And so that's kind of what inspired today's message. But this time, like I said, I'm calling it dysfunction junction. Because just like a train junction, and as you even see in the uh, video... Of, of of the Schoolhouse Rock talking about conjunction junction, you see it's like all these trains colliding, and even though there's different color trains and whatever, they're all like colliding and and kind of um coming together, and sometimes they're crashing and whatnot into each other, and it just seems like chaos, even though it's running kind of smoothly. And it inspired today's message because as kingdom ambassadors. We're meant to be disruptors. We're meant to be rebellious like Jesus was. And what that means is in a positive way, meaning that there's a status quo that has been, especially in the church culture, there's ways that things have been done for so long, what we call tradition. And God says, yeah, but a lot of that tradition is man-made and not kingdom-made. It's not done by the king. It's not written in the Bible. It's not God never designed it in that way. Or even if it is something that the church, the modern church has adopted from tradition, God says, okay, yeah, but you made it legalism. And it was never meant to be legalism at all. And so um, the reason why I titled today's message Dysfunction Junction is because like the church, we, we find ourselves at this like big, massive train station, if you will, in the spirit realm. And... And, and there's a lot of dysfunction. There's a lot of dysfunction. There's a lot of factions. There's a lot of cliques. There's a lot of um, disruption. There's a lot of just chaos. There there's, there's a lot of people vying for power and attention. Um, there's different teachings going on. Some are false prophets and teachers. Some aren't. I mean, it's just a lot going on and there's so much dysfunction. But what I heard God saying to me through this message was that I have designed my children who are called by my name, a.k.a. what I am calling kingdom ambassadors, but what Jesus called disciples. I've called you by name to be disruptors in the earth, to take that dysfunction and partner with God to solve the problem that's what god wants us to do he doesn't want us to just see the dysfunction and be like oh well you know i that ain't my train so let me just find my train and let me just mind my business and i'm gonna just stick to me and and mind the business that pays me and god says the business that pays business that pays you is kingdom because everything comes from god hello somebody what we see out here in the earth are resources Even if it's your job, a man pays you a check, but it's still a resource. God is the source. Everything on this earth belongs to God. And so don't think that just because your bosses or even your name is on the building so you own it or your name is trademarked so you own it, that it is your property. Baby, no, you are a steward of God's property because you can't take that with you. And so it don't matter how much money you dished out to say you own it. You are a steward of it. God owns it. Hello, somebody. And so um, we're going to break that down today. And we're going to even look at, um, you know, some stories and some scriptures today in the Bible about, you know, someone in particular that came to mind was with Esther of how she was at a dysfunction junction. And she had a decision to make. Do I try to board one of these trains and go about minding my business? Or do I take a stand and try to bring some function to this dysfunction? Do I try to bring some order to this dysfunctional situation that I found myself in? Granted, I just came up to the train station. I didn't mean to... um to get involved in anything. I just was trying to board my train, but I wound up seeing this a bunch of chaos and, and a bunch of confused people and a bunch of people just lost and not knowing where they're going and a bunch of trains collided into each other. And, and it's just like, everybody don't know what's going on. And so I got a choice to make. Do I step into the plate and, and help out in this, this venture help out to bring some, ter- some sort of order to this chaos or do I go about minding my business? I give you guys practical examples of spiritual principles. What am I saying in the spirit realm? I'm saying that many of us out here, we see problems in the world today and you're looking for somebody else to solve the problem. When God says, I've already given the problem solver, which is you, I need you to step into the plate. There's a reason why you have a problem with that area. There's a reason why when you see that issue, whether it be on TV or walking down your street, Or driving in certain areas or whatever. There's a reason why that particular issue in the world bothers you so much. For some of you, you really can't stand to see a child left behind. You really can't stand to see... Children hungry and starving and orphaned. You really can't stand to see, um, animals abused and misused. You really can't stand to see elderly abused. You really can't stand to see homeless people and they have nowhere to go and, and nobody's really helping them and they're struggling. And you just see all these, this, the problems being on the news about all the homeless people, but nobody's solving it. You really can't stand to see, um, the roads messed up. And you're like, is anybody gonna ever fix the roads? Like, what's going on? And, whatever it is you see a problem and you just are like this really is like a thorn in my side like paul it's this issue that just keeps coming up it gets you aggravated it gets you irritated it just makes your your stomach upset it gives you a headache you and people like why are you so upset about that issue that issue ain't got nothing to do with you but it's something in your spirit it's something inside of you that just can't get away from why that is a problem to you and you want to know why? Because the a problem to God. I'm going to tell you a perfect example about myself. One of the things that um, I used to tell God all the time before this ministry came about, I used to say to God, like, God, I miss church community. Like, the way I was brought up and raised, our community, and we, came, and I came from a fairly large church in Philadelphia and, uh, and a historic church. And so I'm like, the way I was raised and brought up, my church was like family. I don't like we did everything together, including the pastors. The pastors would come over our house for Sunday dinner at the church if we didn't do Sunday dinner at the church. They would come over to um barbecues and to um birthday parties and cookouts or whatever. Like it, it was literally a big community. My church family was my family because we didn't just fellowship at church on Sunday morning between the the two hours, or three hours that service was we then after service hung out together, did things together, celebrated birthdays and holidays and, and mornings and, and, and deaths or whatever together. We did all these things together. That's what made it feel like a community. As we see in Acts chapter two, as I talked about before, when, Peter was to go and, and start the church. It was about starting a community of believers that were willing to come together and share in everything that they have, not just their problems, but also their solutions. That means their resources. They were willing to put together and pull together their resources to build up the kingdom, to build up the community that they lived in and that was surrounding them. They saw problems in their communities and said, well, we have these resources. If we pull it together, we can resolve this problem. But as we see in this in this culture that we live in, in this world right now that we're living in in 2023, we see a lot of dysfunction. We see a lot of people just clashing into each other, and they're going in separate ways. And they're like, "I'm going to be about my own business, and and I'm going to take care of me, and I'm going to get that bag for me and myself, and I'm to, and I'm going to get to come up for me and myself." And it's a doggy dog world, and you see all these different colloquialisms that culture pours out, which are lies from the enemy, because God made us for community but the enemy says no get that for you boo don't worry about everybody else and so you are at the junction the train station and you only focusing on getting on the train to take care of what you got to take care of by yourself and to heck with everybody else and god says you got the wrong mindset Because I want you as a kingdom ambassador, if you represent the king, which is God and his son, Jesus Christ, and you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit or you think you are filled with the Holy Spirit, then your heart posture should be different. We are not meant to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So that means that you step up to the plate and do something different than what culture says. You see a problem, you solve it. You see somebody starving or hungry, you feed them. You see somebody naked, you clothe them. You see somebody who's an orphan, you provide what they need. You are God didn't have you stumble upon that person who is missing their parent and you are in a position to be a parent. What I mean by that is you're older, you're you're an adult. So this isn't for like anybody that's 21 and under. But you're an adult and you see a kid, or even if it's not a kid let's say that you are a a mature person, a seasoned saint, as my mentor says you know you're over sixty plus and you see see somebody younger that 's in their twenties or thirties or even their forties, you have something that, that you could pour into them. they are orphaned in whatever way, even if their parents are still alive, there could be some dysfunction in their household or um that makes them and i don't mean that they actually live together i just mean that in their upbringing that makes them distant from their parents so therefore they have an orphan spirit orphan mentality that's where you can step in and be that mother figure or that father figure to them you can pour into them and be that mentor that they need god does not um present us with problems just for us to to turn our head and be like oh well they got nothing to do with me no he presents us problems for us to be problem solvers like i said earlier there's a reason why something is stirring on your heart why you see a problem and you like why does this keep coming up to me like i'll give you an example i remember not only just having this compassion of like, God, I want to see, um, church community come back to what I've always known it to be. You know, like, even like I said, my church community, not only would we just do things together, we will also travel together. Like literally it was like family. We would do everything together. And so that's something that we haven't seen in, in the churches today. You know, most people that are part of church organizations don't even know the senior pastor personally. They don't have a senior pastor phone number. They can't even walk up to the senior pastor in the dorm church because the senior pastor got a bunch of pallbearers or, excuse me, armor bearers or, excuse me, security guards around them. Like you that dorm special and and popping that you can't can't be with the regular people. Like Jesus didn't even have security guards, but you got security guards. But that's another topic for another day. I'm going to keep on going. Okay. (laughs) But baby, I'm saying like. Most people don't even can't even call their pastor. If they want to call a pastor for prayer, they gotta go through the assistant and the secretary and all these different things and the pastor send you a letter. The past and it's a letter that really the secretary then wrote, but the pastor signed his name or her name and then sent it to you. And it's like, come on. Jesus never treated us like that. So why are we treating other people? He said, just as I treated you, just as I loved on you, just as I teach you, you should be doing this unto others. But yet, we don't see that anymore, and so, on top of that, um, you know, me saying, God, this is back in oh, I want to say like, God gave me the idea of bringing together Christian fellowship and doing it through this ministry in two thousand and eighteen, so I want to say leading up to that, so I want to say probably between two thousand and fifteen or sixteen to two thousand eighteen. Because those were the crucial years of me entering to my job wilderness season. And God started to reveal some things to me about my purpose. And so, um, and so another thing that came about was, and this was a, a running joke that uh, a former friend of mine and I used to always say, because he would be like, what you the church secretary or something? Do they, they they call you like you the supervisor? And I'm like I know. And this is again my family church. And what I mean by my family's church is not that we own the church. It's just that my family has been a part of a particular church for generations, back to my great great grandmother. And so and she raised our kids there and on and onward. So um, that's what I mean by my family's church. And I haven't been like an active member. Of my family's church in years, even though I still feel like I'm a part of the church. So when they have in, like, big community things, whatever, I always show up to support. But, um, at that time, this was probably about 2017, like I said, when God was putting on my heart to, like, start a Christian, um, a Christian community ministry and I was thinking that I was gonna find it in somebody else and God said no as I said to you guys no you see the dysfunction you see the problem I've given you the solution you are the solution now partner with me to solve the problem and so at that time I remember I was also hearing about like all these other problems like I mean problems that normally the senior pastor and the board of trustees or the board um on the church would know about like, and because they needed to solve that problem. And I, those problems were coming to me. And it's like, I'm not even a senior pastor. Why do I know this information? I don't even go to every Sunday. And yet, some way, somehow, somebody from the church is coming to me to tell me about the problems behind the scenes. And I was just like, God, what the? And so my friend used to say, they must think you're the supervisor. Because <laughs> they always coming to you with the problem. Like, you could solve it. I'm like, right. And it wasn't until I took it to God after we stopped laughing about it of like, okay, God, what is this about? Like, why do I keep seeing this problem? Why do these problems coming up to me? And then on top of that, um, what made me also go and question God about it was because I also kept seeing other churches that were having problems. And I would somehow find out that information. And this is not even just churches in the city I live in. It'll be like churches that like I might be streaming online. And maybe the pastor might have said something. Or also what God would do as well was show me visions of other churches I've never, been, I've never even seen before. I don't even know what these churches are. I, he would just show me in a vision several different churches. And me showing up in these churches. and And the problems being brought to me. And it's like. I'm not even on your team. Like, why are you bringing this problem to me? And so I finally asked God, like, okay, God, something must be a muck, okay? <laughs> because why do I know all this information about what is going wrong in the church why do why is all these different churches in some way shape or form whether it's vision or directly or indirectly why am I finding out all this information that I feel like as a laity as a lay member I shouldn't know and what God had to check me on was because he said I never called you to be a laity or a lay member I called you to be a church leader And if you don't know what the church leaders are or what, what, um, Paul writes about in first Corinthians chapter 12 of the gifts of the church, these go read first Corinthians chapter 12, because it breaks down what are things about five or six church leaders, which are, um, you know, evangelists, apostles, disciples, prophets, teachers, pastors. Um, and so I remember like asking God, like, why does this? dysfunction keep coming up why do i keep seeing this dysfunction why do i for example keep noticing how many women are in the church to the ratio of men in the church like god why do i keep seeing this and i heard god say so clearly to me one time in prayer um and he was like because i care and i said huh he said i care about this which is why i put it on your heart to care about it you are the problem solver This is why I have you seeing these issues that are going wrong in the church because you care about this. You're passionate about this. You're passionate about building community back into the church. You're passionate about people being healed and set free and from bondage in the church and and being set free from religious traditions in the church. You care because I care. And it blew my mind, y'all. And I believe that God is saying the same thing to some of you out there today. Actually, I'm going to say all of you out there today. There is some area. It may not be the church. It could be some um, field in... Because, again, everything God owns on the earth. So, it could be maybe... You notice that there's a tech um, issue that could be much better in a technological world, and you have the solution. You may keep seeing glitches or problems with certain apps, and you're like, "Man, if they just apply this principle, then if they just do this solution, it'll be it'll solve all the app problems." You are the one that has the answer, and you sitting there looking at them to get the answer right. God gave you the answer. Patent it and do what you need to do to get the answer out. You may be somebody who you know in the entertainment industry and in various fields of the entertainment industry, and you notice that there there is something you know a problem with this. There's a problem with how the actors are paid, or there's a problem with how the makeup and and um and glam artists are paid. There's a problem with how films are being um projected to the people. There's there's a lack of representation. There's a problem in these different areas, and God says I gave you the solution. It doesn't mean you're going to solve the totality of the problems, but you will be part of the solution to solve a problem. You don't have to build up Rome yourself. God will give several builders. And this is, again, a a practical example for a spiritual principle, because I've always heard people say, like, Rome wasn't built in a day. No, it wasn't. It took several different people, several different rulers to build up Rome. That means that in this field of God's kingdom on earth, There are several different ambassadors of y'all out there that God says, I have a unique purpose for you. I need you to get into position so that things can change. I need you to stop complaining about that dysfunction over there. Stop complaining about that problem to anybody who will listen and tap into the Holy Spirit so that you can get the wisdom needed to solve that problem. Hello, somebody some of y'all out there are nurses and you like, man, we underpaid and we overworked and, and the situations are dire and we're ready to strike. And, and, but, but guys, also, while you're complaining about the problems, God is also giving you some ideas to say, well, you know, if they just budget in this way, then they could pay us extra that we need. If they just make these cuts over here and stop, you know, wasting it on this or that, that we don't really need, then we can get the money we need to, um, do the work we need to do. I mean, Baby, I know I'm preaching better than y'all listening, okay? This, this is good right here, okay? God is saying today, I have problem solvers all over this world. But what I need for you guys as kingdom ambassadors is to step up to the plate. That's why he tells us in Matthew, he says, um, the, the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. So don't pray for the harvest, pray for the workers, Because God has harvest up the wazoo. Like he has exceedingly abundantly resources. But he says, but there aren't enough workers. There aren't enough kingdom ambassadors that are willing to step into the plate and say, here I am, Lord, send me. Will you be that one that says, you know what, God, I'm going to stop fighting it. I'm going to stop running. Here I am, Lord. Send me here. I am Lord. What is the the problem area in which you want me to be the solution? And God then help me to become that solution. Help me. Give me the strategy. I need to solve that problem in that particular area. And God will give you that wisdom. He will not despise you for asking for the wisdom. Because again, like he told me, he's telling you the reason why it bothers you so much is because it bothers him. And he's placed it on your heart to be the solution maker, to be the change you want to see in the world. And so back to Esther, the reason why I mentioned Esther is because she was a woman who was put into a position, put into the palace. There was somebody yesterday, you know, put into the position of being in the palace. And yet she still had past mindset. What do I mean by that? I mean that she didn't even step into the plate to, to realize that she was a queen who could make some queen moves. She was still looking at the fact of, well, I'm a subject. I'm, uh, you know, I can't just go up to the king and request anything. Why not? Because the king made it very clear that you can ask anything, my dear, and I will give it to you. Why? Because you're my wife and you're my queen. But when you have not conditioned and transitioned your mind from the pasture to the palace, then you will take the pasture mindset to the palace and you will not step into the anointing that you have. And it takes in the particular story of Esther, it takes her uncle to to say to her and to basically check her to realize, do you not know who you are? Do you not realize the the anointing that you have on your life, the value that's been placed on you because you've been placed in the palace, you have an opportunity to make a change. You say you're saying you can't do anything because you feel limited, baby. That's your thinking. You got to change those thinking, thinking because God has given you everything you needed to start. And then she realized in the story, because I can't read the whole book of Esther for you. You got to read it for yourself. And that's your homework (laughs) go read Esther for yourself but you know she realizes that oh if I just step into this position that I have then I have authority to make some changes but it, it was a mindset shift even after her uncle checked her and we'll get to that scripture in a minute but even after her uncle checked her she still felt like well I guess I'm gonna die I, You know, you tell me to go to my husband, the king, and even though I'm the queen, you know, I see how he deals with his other subjects and his other servants. So I can't go to him until he calls for me. I guess I'm going to die. Not even realizing that you are put in that position to not be a servant, but to be a queen. To be a royal heir, a royal a royal subject. You are a part of the, the king's um, heir. The king's ring. you are that ambassador. So what are you talking about that you can't go to the king? And, and that's, a, that's a double entendre right there. Because us as children of the most high God, us as ambassadors of the most high God, we can go to the king for what we need. But many of you out there won't go to the king. And so you go to your friends, you go to your loved ones, you go to your neighbors, you go to your coworkers, you go to your homegirls. Home, you go to whoever will listen to you complain about the problems you see in the earth instead of tapping into the father to say, God, what is the solution? Because clearly this is bothering me. I can't stop talking about it. I can't stop thinking about it. It just disgusts me every time I see it. And I just feel like, well, somebody to do something about this, baby, that somebody is you. I know somebody and even as y'all hear my in my voice right now I'm passionate about this why because God placed it on my heart because he's passionate about you getting free I'm passionate about your healing not just your healing from emotional trauma of the past but your healing in terms of your mindset you will never be free if you don't change your mind That's why he says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But as long as you keep that thinking, thinking, your heart posture will never change. And since your heart posture will never change, you will never step out into who you need to be to do what needs to be done in the earth. And we will continue to have problems that people complain about and no solutions. Because God gave you the solution, but you won't tap into the father to ask him what that solution is. How should you operate in that solution? What's the next step you can make to build up to solving that problem? You got to go to God. And so, um, go with me to Esther We're going to start at chapter 3. You know what? Let's go to Romans 12. I want to go to Romans 12 first, actually, because I want you to understand that God has a gift for each one of us. He puts something in us. And we're meant to be an ambassador to do what the, what the king wants us to do in the earth. To be a living sacrifice to God, willing to serve at his command. Just as you think about at, at a five-star restaurant or hotel, servers are, are waiting on you hand and foot. Whatever you need, they, they go and deliver it. That's how we're meant to be for the king. That whatever he needs, whatever he says the problem in the earth, whatever dysfunction he sees in the earth, that we're willing to say, here I am, Lord. Here I am, King. Send me. I'm ready to be an ambassador. Where do I need to go? Who do I need to disciple? How do I need to help? Where should I serve? Who needs their feet washed? And I don't mean that literally. I mean of what Jesus teaches us about washing feet. It means being willing to serve, being willing to get dirty, to serve your fellow man or woman. Romans 12, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, starting at the first verse, and it goes as this, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. I feel like I could drop the mic right there. <laughs> I could drop the mic, baby, and walk away because that, that just sums it up right there. The problem in the world is that we got a lot of self-important people a lot of self-influential people that care about themselves only they care about getting that bag for themselves only they care about serving their agenda only and they do not care about people they do not care about the king they do not care about being stewards because they feel like they own it it's mine it's mine it's me me i i it's me myself and i as i got in the end and that is not truth That is man-made teachings, but it is not biblical truth, biblical principles. Therefore, it is not God's word. Continuing on in this verse, be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us, just as our bodies has many parts and each part has a special function. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body. And we all belong to each other. I'm going to read that again. Do you hear me? Just as our bodies have many parts. And each part has a special. What's that word? Function. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body. And we all belong to each other. In his grace. God has given us different gifts. For doing certain things well. Now. These gifts, your gifts, thing, your gifting excuse me, are spiritual. They are from the Holy Spirit. I'm going to go down this list and then we'll go check on another list and hopefully we can get the Esther story. But like I said, if not, I gave you guys like an overall, you can go read the book of Esther to find out more details about her story. But I want you to understand because a lot of people ask for purpose, but you don't even know what your gifting is. That came from the father. You don't even know what your talent is. That again, still came from the father is something that you're good at and it will tie into the purpose that God has for you. Your purpose is something that God wants you to do in the earth that will serve others and glorify him. It ties into the gifts and talents he gave you. But if you are not able to identify these areas individually, then you can't collectively put them together to operate in that purpose. And so continuing in verse six. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. I'm going to pause right here, verse 7. Understand that everybody doesn't have this. I know it may seem like, well, you met a lot of people that that serve well, but you don't know their heart. I know a lot of people that on the surface seem like they are great servants, but their heart posture is nasty. And what I mean by that is their heart posture, if you catch them, You know, when they're not really serving in the public eye, they hate it. They don't like doing it. They can't stand it. There's no grace for it. They're miserable in doing it. They're only doing it to get something from whoever they're serving. Therefore, they're not serving just to serve with a servant heart. And a servant heart is, I'm not expecting anything from you in return. I just want to be helpful. I used to, um, there's a meme I used to have on my phone from a TV show. That I used to watch when I was younger, um, the Mister Men show, (laughs) and it was a woman on the air that was called Little Miss Helpful, (laughs) and you know my friends all agreed that was me. I'm Little Miss Helpful. I'm just, and she, and her saying on the Mister Men show, if you never heard that, show go Google it, go YouTube it, and and her saying was us. I'm just trying to be helpful. (laughs) So that was always me saying that, like I'm just trying to be helpful, and any way I can help, I'm just trying to be helpful. Because that's my heart posture but there are many people that do not care to help there are many people that do not care to serve i had somebody say to me years ago i don't care about your problems and i don't care to listen to them i really don't care you could talk tell them to somebody else but i don't care that's because that's not that person's grace they're not grace to do that they're not grace to be a good listener they're not grace to be a person to give good advice not everybody, that's why you don't see everybody taking the job of a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a counselor or a mentor because not everybody has that grace to do this job. Now, me, you can call me all day long with your problems and and, and I'll listen to them and I'll give you my advice and it don't matter what, day, what time it is, day or night, and, and I don't mind. Now, of course, don't call my phone <laughs> late at night, but I'm saying like in my past, When I didn't have any boundaries, they used to be me. So I would have people call my phone two, three o'clock in the morning to tell me about what's going on with them. tell me about their struggles and I would get up from my sleep and tell them, oh, it's not a problem because it wasn't. And I would counsel them. I would mentor them. I would give them the advice they need. I'll make sure they feel much better. And then we would get off the phone and I wouldn't be complaining about it either. Why? Because that was my heart posture anyway, was to serve them in that way. But again, not everybody's graced for that. And so this is why I love that the Bible breaks down the different spiritual gifts, because then you got to look at yourself, evaluate yourself. That's why I said before we got into the gifts, be honest with yourself and and look at yourself by the measure of faith that God has given you. That also ties into the measure of grace that God has given you to run your race. What are you gifted at? What are you good at that you can do it? Like I said, if somebody was to call you in the middle of the night waking you up for it, you don't mind doing it because it's it's in your heart to do it. And so continuing on in verse 8, if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility Seriously, and if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Pause right here. This is saying that even as you serve, so you can't just read the words of the Bible. You got to ask God for wisdom. Why was those words used? And what are you saying in between the lines? God's saying in between these lines While you're serving in whatever spiritual gift that I just, some of them I just went down, that God has given you, understand that you may not get people happy to receive it. You may not get people clapping and on board and supporting your gift. You may not get people who even say a thank you. And that's okay. Because you should be doing it from your heart. You should be serving, as it says in the Bible, as unto the Lord and not unto man. So that means that you're looking for your father in heaven to give you that nod of, well done, my good and faithful servant. Not that, that nod from man, because you may not get that from man. How many of you out there, men or women have walked into a store and you open the door for somebody who's behind you and they walk right in and didn't say thank you. We all have had that experience, but you can't take that personal. It's something spiritually in them that makes them not want to be grateful. So don't take that personal. Just know that God in heaven saw what you did and he smiled on you and said, mm-hmm, well done, my good and faithful servant. Because even though that person couldn't give you nothing, you still served. You still did it. They didn't give you a thank you, but you still gave and opened the door any darn way. Be willing to go above and beyond because know who you're serving. You're not serving people. You're serving God. And that's why I'm saying here, don't just pretend to love others. You can hate what is wrong. Absolutely. You would dislike that all day long God don't have a problem with that But hold tight to what's good That means that love will surpass Your love for God Your love for his people Whether they do what you want them to do or not Whether they come with dysfunction or not Your love for who you serve Will Cover their sin As we learned in 1 Corinthians 13 It will cover a multitude of sins It will cover what's wrong in them That's why you hold tight to what's good. Continue on to verse 10. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. This is continuing on in how you're meant to serve, how you're meant to give, how you're meant to see the dysfunction and choose to take a stand and be a kingdom ambassador to show light and salt in the earth. This is how you do that. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. (laughs) Hello, somebody. Some of y'all got so much pride in you that you think you know it all. Can't nobody tell you nothing. You can't apologize to nobody, even when you are proven wrong. You, You still, nope, 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 you wrong, you wrong. I mean, you just can't humble yourself whatsoever To be presented a different perspective to realize how wrong you were. Because in your eyes, you always got the right answer. You always seeing things clear. You ain't got no log in your eye, you ain't got no speck in your eye, but you could sure point out somebody else's log and speck in their eye. That's tying into Matthew chapter 7. Go read it. And God is saying no, don't be too proud. Don't think that you're so smart that, ooh, they don't, they don't have a degree. Ooh, they're not on my level. I can't talk to that person. Oh, they just, ugh I mean, and it doesn't mean that in you talking to them, you'll understand everything. Cause for example, um, (laughs) this is a funny example. Uh, not too long ago, I was talking to one of my cousins and, um, he was speaking slang to me. I, I was, I was ministering to him, uh, something that the Lord told me to minister to him, and um and my cousin told me how he hadn't been to church in a uh, in a long time and I was, you know, telling him what the word says or whatever uh, about church and how he's still part of church, um, even though he didn't go to the building, like, you know, you can still usher in God's presence where you are. And so, you know, long story short, I was just giving him a different bunch of different knowledge about God and God's kingdom and Bible verses and whatnot. And so he said to me, um, he was like, That's that's game. Yup, that's game right there, and so I was like, oh, okay, um well anyway, and so he realized that I didn't understand what he was saying, so he said, Oh oh Dre, oh cause um what what I mean by game isn't that that's not offensive. He's like, I mean that, like, you give me that knowledge right there. Like, that's, you know, you you really, um, you really teaching me something. So, that's what I mean by that game. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so, granted, you may be around somebody that you may, and not that I'm calling my cousin ordinary. But I'm saying, and for example of this text, you may be around somebody who doesn't speak the same language that you speak in the same way and etiquette that you use it as. But... Or the semantics that you use it as, but understand that that doesn't mean you can't be around that person, that doesn't mean you can't talk to that person. that doesn't mean you can't um pour out God's wisdom that He may pour into you to that person or to tell your story to that person. It just means that you may need to ask, like, hey, um you just use a, a slang or something that I don't really understand. Can you like explain what that what that means to me? Now, eventually, I would have asked my cousin what that meant, but thankfully, he went ahead and realized I didn't know what it meant, and so it was like, oh, this is what I mean by it, you know, but anyway, let me continue on in the text, um, never pay back evil with more evil, this is verse 17, do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteousness of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. You have to understand that as kingdom ambassadors, you may be brought into some dysfunctional situations. Heck, let's be honest. Some of us have been birthed into dysfunctional situations. Okay. You you were birthed into dysfunctional families, but you were birthed into that dysfunctional family, not to continue to dysfunction. You were birthed there so that you can be the game changer. You were birthed into that family to see the problem and be the solution. If you know you come from a family that are manipulative, then God says the buck should stop with you. The generational cycle can stop with you if you choose to take a stand, to see the dysfunction, and say no more. I'm going to be different. I'm going to raise my kids different. If you choose not to have kids, then fine. Then be the one to just say, I'm going to be different. If you know you are brought up from a family that... um promote incest and rape or you were brought up in a family that um are just argumentative all the time and just nasty and and backbiting and bitter or you were brought up in a family that is abusive God says I've allowed you to go through that not so that you can just have the story of how the hardship you were birthed into and how you were raised but so that you can be the game changer you can be the kingdom ambassador that says you know what as for me in my house that means even if you don't have a house or you don't have your own kids as for me and my temple of my house, my body, my mind, my heart, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to do things where the Lord wants us to do it. We're going to show up with the, the, the fruits of the spirit as is in Galatians five 22. We're going to choose to be kingdom ambassadors in the proper way. I get the mama and daddy and them may have dropped the ball. I get that grandma and grandpa and them may have made some mistakes. I get that your, um, your adoptive parents or your foster parents or whoever your guardianship was may have made some mistakes but they did the best that they could even if you said they could have did better they did the best that they could with the knowledge that they had but God allowed you to go through the problem allow you to see dysfunction allow you to go through the process so that you will then say you know what God here's the problem meet the solver here I am Lord send me Help me to solve this problem, so that this cycle, this generational curse, does not continue in this family line anymore. I'm going to be the difference. I'm going to be the game changer. I'm going to be the one that's going to stand up and do something different. But you got to make that decision to pivot, to turn from the way things were, even if you've been part of that dysfunction because you feel like, well, I was, you know, brought up and raised in, and this is who I am. You can make a decision today. Here you hear you. You are not hearing this podcast this particular episode by accident or happenstance. You're hearing it because God is saying to you today, there's a problem in your life. There's a problem in your community. There's a problem in your industry where you work, your field of work, the church you go to, whatever. There's a problem there that I need a a problem solver. And it's you who I've placed it on the heart to be the one that's going to change the game. You got to be willing to take the stand and make the decision to show up different. What's your function to be a disruptor? What's your function at this junction to be the kingdom ambassador needed to see the dysfunction and then make the change. To see the dysfunction and then map out plans and principles that others will need so that they can be the change as well that is needed in the environment, in the family, in the community, in the work field, in the industry. God is looking for you to make a decision. Will you be brave enough to take a stand? You never know what power God has for you or rather what anointing is on the inside of you. If you never step up to the plate. But as long as you keep shriveling back, as long as you keep being afraid, you can never see what the true purpose is that God has in store for you. Be willing to take a stand. Be willing to be the dysfunction junction representative to rebel against it, to shake it up, and to make the change to be for what the kingdom kingdom wants you to do. You are an ambassador. Do your job and do so well. So, I'm going to wrap it up. I did have a few more scriptures that I wanted to get to, but I hear God saying, wrap it up. So may the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord our God be gracious to you, show you his favor and give you shalom, give you his peace. Take care. Love you guys. Bye now.